humans. Hello, hello, hello. Happy January to you, I should add. Happy cold January to you. Hi, this is Very Deep Voice, Dilly Krug um, with Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. And if you are wondering, does, does her voice even sound a little bit deeper than it usually is? It would be yes, because I happened to um, come across a little bit of a cold. So there you go. Um, so here we are. We are in the thick of it with the winter. Um, we've got two more months of Minnesotans of enduring yuck. Um, and even then it doesn't necessarily get any better. But but you have me for the next hour. And this is going to be an Ellie's talky he- Talking Head show today. I don't have a guest, but I think you will still like the show nonetheless. I've got a surprise for you. Um, this is the Hollywood edition of LA 2.0. I'm highlighting two very famous Hollywood personalities because being, besides being very talented, they are also idealistic. However, let me park that for a second and just make sure that those who are new to the show, who are listening to my voice for the first time, may be wondering, why is her name Ellie, but does she sound like a dude, particularly a dude with a cold right now? The reason is I'm transgender, one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world. That and $3.43 will get you a cup of hot chocolate at Caribou. All right. Back to our programming. I just needed to say that. Regular listeners, you know I'm neurotic about my voice. Okay. Um, Both of our Hollywood personalities are still alive, very much still alive. Um, Both are in their early 60s. Our very first Hollywood idealist and personality I want to talk about is Ellen DeGeneres. There is so much to choose from about Ellen. But let me begin with her most recent work. Um, her stand-up uh, show called Relatable that came out on Netflix on December 18th. I was able to watch that over the holiday uh, weekend, long holiday weekend. Well, it was more than a weekend. Um, and perhaps you saw it as well. And when I watched it, it grabbed me because much of the special was about answering the question of whether all of her success or fame and money, whether that had in some way separated her from her audience, whether the audience members can still relate to her. And in the end, what Relatable was about, it's an hour-long um, hour stand-up, what it really is about is about understanding that we're all alike in many, many ways. So she had many jokes about her huge house and all of the awards that she's gotten. I mean, my goodness, this woman has gotten... Uh, daytime Emmy, she's gotten the Presidential Medal of Freedom, she's gotten all kinds of stuff. But she shared about beginning, beginning um, in the basement, uh, a basement apartment in New Orleans, where she was broke, uh, living among fleas, and where she had nothing but believing in herself. And in the stand-up, she talks about, this is the relatable stand-up, she talks about how in that basement, She came up with a routine about calling God. She said she just did it. Uh, She put the routine together in less than an hour. And how she believed that someday that routine and her other work would get her to be on Johnny Carson. Not only was she going to be on Johnny Carson, but she vowed to herself in that basement that she would get the honor of having Johnny invite her to sit down with him. You may, older uh, older listeners may remember that Johnny Carson used to have a lot of entertainers on, but very rarely did he ever ask them after their act was done to come and sit with him. For anyone struggling to believe in themselves, um, a picture of Ellen DeGeneres should be taped to your bathroom mirror. Just saying. Ellen DeGeneres was born in Louisiana. Uh, when she was a teenager, her parents divorced, and she moved from New Orleans to a small town in Texas. After graduating from high school, she went back to New Orleans for college, but only for one semester. And after that, she had a series of jobs. Working at J.C. Penney, she was a waitress at TGI Fridays, she was a house painter, and she was a bartender. And in the early 1980s, she started to tour the U.S. doing comedy. She got her break in 1984 when Showtime named her the funniest person in America. She talks about this in Relatable. 
She said um, it was not necessarily a good thing for her because all of the other comedians who are much better than her um, were um, not happy that she got that uh, that award. The thing about Ellen is that she broke the gay barrier on television. We've also all often heard about breaking the color barrier. She broke the gay barrier. She was the first television personality to come out as gay, as a lesbian. And that happened in July, excuse me, in April of 1997. She, at the time she came out, she was a guest on the Oprah Winfrey show. She came out on the show to Oprah. Then at that time, Ellen DeGeneres also had her own TV show titled Ellen. And on that TV show, shortly after her her um, her uh, visit to the Oprah Winfrey show, Ellen DeGeneres, her character on the Ellen show, came out to her therapist, who happened at that time to be played by Oprah Winfrey. I know there's a lot of a lot of overlap here. That episode where Ellen DeGeneres came out as lesbian on her television show is known as the puppy episode. Uh, the Ellen Show came back for another season after that, so she came out in April of uh, 1997. Um, but by May of 1998, her show, The Ellen Show, um, was canceled. And uh, it's speculated that it was canceled because Walt Disney, the company that owned um, the production company for Ellen, was not entirely happy that Ellen DeGeneres had publicly announced that she was gay. And there were a period of years after that, after 1998, where Ellen DeGeneres was having a difficult time finding work. But later, in, in uh, 2003, she launched her daytime talk show that we know now, The Ellen DeGeneres Show. It launched, and it went, um, you know, it's, it's still here. It is phenomenal. And why am I telling you about this? Because, in many ways, Ellen DeGeneres is an idealist. Um... And, I am, and please understand that I'm not into adoring personalities, not at all. So from an idealist standpoint, Ellen is a huge animal lover with multiple dogs and cats as pets. She is an advocate for PETA, the People for Ethical Treatment of Animals, and in 2009 they named her Woman of the Year. She's also a vegan. She promotes vegan recipes and meatless Mondays. In 2013, she, deno she donated to stop... Um, uh, Egg gag. Um, that was an anti-whistleblower uh, statute that was being proposed in Tennessee, which would have prohibited undercover videos of animal abuse. I think she donated twenty-five thousand dollars to stopping that legislation. She's been named as a special envoy for global AIDS awareness. She believes in meditation as a way to deal with stress. Not that that's idealistic, but let me just tell you, um, being able to just simply be with yourself quiet, with no other thoughts, um, really helps a great deal. A year ago, when President Trump said he'd allow the importation of elephant trophies from Africa, she donated to a wildlife fund and then created a t-shirt with her brand, and the proceeds from that t-shirt sale went to the wildlife fund. But on this idealism theme, I really want to come back to her stand-up show, Relatable. Throughout that show, throughout her her shtick on Relatable. She references how all of us are alike. But toward the end of the piece, she talks about the value of compassion. Now, it's not often that we hear a very successful multimillionaire <clears throat> personalities in Hollywood or on television talking about compassion. And she talked about how we teach history and science in schools, which are all good in and to themselves, but we don't teach how to get along. And she said, she made this very bold statement, which made a whole lot of sense. Why don't we have a class on compassion towards each other? I mean, my goodness. I just, unbelievable. Now, um, if you Google Ellen the generous videos, you're going to come up with a number of different videos with her talking about the need for us to be kind to each other, about how we need to love each other, about how all of us are the same. 
These are what struck me as I looked at the videos and as I researched Ellen DeGeneres. What struck me was how the things that she is saying are the very same things that I have been saying in my work out in the field as a trainer and as a speaker. I know, it's kind of weird. Um, she's Ellen. I'm Ellen. Actually, I go by Ellie. She uses lower caps for her name. I use lower caps for my name. Had no idea that she did that, just so people know. <laughs> and, um, and she has the same message as me. And that message is pretty, pretty significant. So as I finish this out, let me give you a little bit of Ellen DeGeneres in her own words, talking about the need to be good to each other important thing is just that that everyone is represented on television and in music and so that people at home that are scared and that are bullied and that are suicidal and all these things there are a lot of people out there that are struggling so it's nice to have someone going look I'm successful I'm who I am and you don't need to talk about it it just is who you are we need to slow down we need to see what we're doing affects everything around us we need to pay attention to all the beauty in the world I know there are going to be days when things don't go as planned and that's why I always remember this quote surrender to what is let go of what was, have faith in what will be. And that is either from the Bible or Instagram, but either way, <laughs> either way it applies. Someone told me uh, something once that, that has stuck with me. When your heart is broken, when you have cracks in your heart, it lets the light in, it lets the sun in. And I just, I hold on to that all the time. Beauty isn't between a size zero and a size eight. It is not a number at all. It is not physical. I know a lot of kids watch this show, so I want to say one more thing to all, all of you out there. What you look like on the outside is not what makes you cool at all. I mean, I had a mullet and I wore parachute pants for a long, long time. And I'm doing okay. My haters are my motivators. I think that I have the best audiences, the best viewers, and uh, I really feel that. Challenge yourself every single day to do something new. I, I think you have to be brave and take a, a stand. That's what I do. And if you don't know me very well, if you're just watching maybe for the first time or you're just getting to know me, I want to be clear. And here are the values that I stand for. I stand for honesty, equality, kindness, compassion, treating people the way you want to be treated, and helping those in need. To me, those are traditional values. That's what I stand for. Ellen DeGeneres, idealist, human, and somebody to admire. We'll be back after the break. Branding electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuchke, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our secret animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan, LLP, rewriting the odds for their clients for over 80 years. We are awake. The people who care at Midwest Dry Ice Blasting take this time out to recognize and salute the men and women in uniform that stand tall for our political and economic freedoms around the globe. Let's remember them in our thoughts, prayers, and letters from home. This message courtesy of Midwest Dry Ice Blasting, the best in industrial cleaning in town. Call the pros at Midwest Dry Ice Blasting at 952-469-3165. That's 952-469-3165 for the coolest way to clean. Tell them you heard it on KTNF. They're on the air because they care. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of the Minnesota Hospice and Healthcare Show, your source for elder care and caregiver solutions, inviting you to listen to our live call-in show airing on Saturdays from noon to one. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding elder care and caregiver issues to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your best quality of life. Please join us this Saturday from noon to one for the Minnesota Hospice and Healthcare Show and learn more about us at minnesotahospice.com. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette, 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. back on AM 950 with Illy 2.0 Radio and your host, Illy Krug, very deep-voiced Illy Krug, even deeper-voiced Illy Krug today. Okay, that was Ellen DeGeneres, idealist. Let's talk about a second idealist who also happens to be my favorite actor um, for maybe almost all my entire life, um, and that is Tom Hanks. Um, one, commenter, uh, one commentator has called Tom Hanks, quote, our generation's everyman, unquote, and likened him to Jimmy Stewart, another favorite of mine as I was growing up. Um, just, we just, we're just past the Christmas season with uh, Jimmy Stewart's epic, um, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, the quick background about Tom Hanks is that he was born and grew up in California. His parents divorced when he was very young, only two years old, and he went to live with his father and two siblings. His father was a cook, um, and in Hank's first ten years of living, his family moved ten times. In high school, he didn't stand out. He told Rolling Stone magazine, quote, I was a geek, a spaz. I was horribly, painfully, terribly shy. At the same time, I was the guy who'd yell out funny captions during film strips. But I didn't get in tr into trouble. I was always a real good kid and pretty responsible." Unquote. He studied theater at Chabot College in Haywood, California for two years and then transferred to California State University, but ultimately he dropped out of college. Later, Time Magazine would name him one of top, the top ten college dropouts in the United States. <laughs> There have been many movies to Tom Hanks' credit, including Splash, Big, A League of Their Own, Sleepless in, in Seattle, and Philadelphia. Um, most notable, of course, is his movie Forrest Gump that came out in 1994. For that, for Forrest Gump, he earned $600 million, the, the movie earned $600 million um, worldwide. Um, he went on later on to describe Forrest Gump, quote, as one of those kind of grand, hopeful movies that the audience can go to and feel some hope for their lot and their position in life, unquote. Then there were two other movies um, that reflect uh, some of Tom Hanks' personal passion. So one is Saving Private Ryan, uh, which came out in, I believe, 1998. Um, the movie was set in World War II. Um, it is a... It is a journey movie about traveling through the war front to find a soldier named Ryan, who happened to be a private. Hanks was a lieutenant, excuse me, he was a captain um, of a platoon trying to find Private Ryan. It has, that movie has one of the most gripping battle scenes um, I have ever seen, that it would be the D-Day invasion scene. And through that movie and other other film endeavors, Hanks developed an affinity for our military veterans. Um, that if affinity has carried over into real life, where Hanks, so now we're starting to talk about idealism, where he teamed with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation to increase recognition for the nearly six million family members who care for gravely injured U.S. veterans. That program, that, that 
initiative is known as the Hidden Heroes Campaign. Again, put on by the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. I urge you to go and Google um, the Hidden Heroes Campaign because it's about giving the invisible people, that would be the moms, the dads, the spouses, the siblings, the best friends who are caring for our wounded veterans. And Hank ha Hanks has said about this, quote, if we want to be a nation that truly cares for, the, for those who have borne the battle, we must also be a nation that cares for our caregivers, period, unquote. Another of Tom Hanks' passions is about space exploration. He said that he wanted to be an astronaut um, when he was growing up, and he has long supported NASA and has produced and narrated many films about space exploration. You may recall Apollo 13. As an idealist, Hanks has long supported marriage equality, and he was doing that at a time when there was, um, it was very far from reality. Um, so in 2008, when California was debating Proposition 8, you may remember, they were debating a bill, a law, as to whether or not um, same-sex couples could marry. Okay, now, I know, it is 2019 now, and we're, some of you are like, what? that really happened, and for our older folks, a little bit older, you will know it's not so long ago than the idea that a woman could marry a woman or a man could marry a man. Um, that was um, illegal and unfathomable for much of America. So what Hanks did, though, in 2008 is he supported um, defeating California's Proposition 8. Unfortunately, the, the law was passed but later struck down by the court. He threw money at it, and he, was, and he spoke about it. And the thing is about Hanks, when you watch him on the screen, he is such a good anchor, excuse me, actor, that you have no doubt that he is fully in the role. And I think that that is how some of his idealism um, carries forward. And when we come back from our break, I want to talk more about a particular movie that Tom Hanks was in um, that really um, was very poignant, very cutting edge, and very important for me, Ellie Krug, personally. You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, on Ellie 2.0 Radio. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Email me. I love hearing from listeners at elliejkrug at gmail. Um, please tell others about this show. If you have an idealist that you know that you think would be a great guest for me to interview, send me um, that name. Give me some information about that person. Again, email me at elliejkrug.com. Krug at Gmail. We'll be back in a minute. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com. From classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. Cafe Latte offers made-from-scratch soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. Stop in the wine bar and enjoy a unique pizza loaded with fresh vegetables and perfectly roasted meats. Over 30 wines by the glass, Cafe Latte highlights Washington State wines and is the perfect destination for date night or an evening with friends. 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul. Victor's 1959 Cafe has been serving South Minneapolis traditional Cuban food for over 15 years. Victor's is open for breakfast and lunch daily and now accepts dinner reservations too. Stop in and try the Pollo Tropicale or the Sandwich Cubano, which was featured on Food Network. More at eatlocalminnesota.com. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. 
At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Monday, patchy fog, otherwise mostly cloudy with a high near 36. Tuesday, partly sunny with a high near 33. And Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high near 22. This week's Eat Local Minnesota.com restaurant of the week is Victor's 1959 Cafe. They're open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Offering traditional Cuban recipes in a relaxed, casual, and festive Cuban environment. Located at 3756 Grand Avenue in South Minneapolis. Find out more at eatlocalminnesota.com. Back on AM 950, LE 2.0 Radio with Ellie Krug. And before we broke, we were talking about one of my Hollywood heroes, actually one of my human heroes, Tom Hanks. And um, and we, I was talking somewhat about some of his movies. I mean, he has a lot of movies to his credit. But I want to come back to Tom Hanks' role in the movie Philadelphia. And I want to share about how that movie and his acting affected me, Ellie Krug, personally. Recall that the movie Philadelphia actually is set in Philadelphia in the early 1990s, at a time when the AIDS crisis was still raging. Hanks played Andrew Beckett, a young associate at a large Philadelphia law firm. Beckett has AIDS and is... Um, and he's trying to hide it in the movie early on. He's trying to hide that he has AIDS from his employer. However, he's pretextually fired. They, they make up an excuse to fire him after a partner correctly surmised that a lesion on Beckett's face was from AIDS and not from a racquetball injury, as Beckett had claimed um, as a reason to try and hide his health problem. In the movie, Beckett gets fired and searches for a Philadelphia attorney to represent him. But because it's still with the AIDS crisis raging, with, with LGBTQ people being maligned, with homophobia raging, raging um, he, Beckett can't find an attorney. He goes to a lawyer initially, a, a lawyer named Joe Miller, played by Denzel Washington. By the way, Denzel Washington is brilliant in this movie, another favorite of mine. He goes to Miller initially to ask for his help to represent him, and then Denzel Washington, also a homophobe, declines. Um, however, after Denzel Washington comes to understand the value of compassion, he takes on the case. And you're going to start to hear a little bit of emotion in my voice here, um, in part because the movie is tied up not only about AIDS and about being LGBTQ, but it's also tied up about the legal profession and how you, some may know that I'm a lawyer by training, um, civil trial lawyer for almost 30 years. And, the, and Philadelphia is in part about how lawyers can be horrible to people as well as can be good. And so um, Denzel Washington, as Miller, takes on Beckett's case. They go to trial and ultimately win a $5 million verdict against the law firm, just as Beckett is losing his fight with AIDS. And we watch as Beckett dies. Now, Hank's acting in this movie was riveting and accurate. To do the role, he actually lost 35 pounds and thinned his hair. Because, and many today, 
many people today don't remember the toll that AIDS took on people, but that back in the 80s and in the 90s, <clears throat> that is what we were seeing of people regularly, of how AIDS affected them. Philadelphia, the movie, came out in 1993. When I saw it, like Andrew Beckett, I was a fairly young lawyer who had worked for a large law firm. Like Andrew Beckett, I had a secret too. I had secrets about my gender identity and about my sexuality. The movie came out just as I had started therapy to deal with my issues. But at that time, in 1993, I was living, ostensibly, the American dream, identifying as a very aggressive male. I had, at that time, in 1993, I had married my soulmate. We were high school sweethearts. By 1993, we, were t we had been together almost 20 years. I had two, we had two little girls, two adorable little girls. We had a house in the best neighborhood. We had money in the bank. I had stature as a lawyer. <clears throat> I had blue ribbon clients. And I go and I see Philadelphia. And I see Andrew Beckett played by Tom Hanks. And my heart drops. The movie shook me. Tom Hanks shook me. And his portrayal of Andrew Beckett was about a man trying to live authentically, trying to just simply live life as who he was, and then being discriminated against for it, paying huge prices for simply being who he was. The movie, Philadelphia, after I saw it, made me think about the value of living life authentically, and in fact, I bought the soundtrack to Philadelphia. It's a marvelous soundtrack with songs by Neil Young and Bruce Springsteen and others. Uh, it, is, it is still a soundtrack that I play to this day. And as I was fighting the demons inside me trying to stay a straight white man, I'm still white, but stay a straight white man, um, I would play that soundtrack and it would be difficult for me to hear because it was, literally, the soundtrack really was a reminder about me, about the need to live authentically, and in part, the price that I would pay if I ever did. Eleven years later, after Philadelphia came out in 2004, I finally found the courage to leave my wife. And I started what turned into a five-year journey that ultimately got me to the point where I transitioned genders. <clears throat> so let me bring you back to the time in America when living as oneself could result in a death sentence. That's in addition to resulting in job loss and unemployment and loss of other people. Because when gay people were coming out in the 80s and 90s, they were losing family members, they were losing parents, they were losing siblings. They were, they were losing all kinds of people who believed that simply living as who you are was a choice. And with Philadelphia, we see an actor portray bravery in the face of horrendous odds who helped remind me about the value of living authentically and the value of living with compassion. And let me play a clip for you because Tom Hanks got the Academy Award for Best Actor in Philadelphia. I'd like to play you some words that he said during his acceptance speech that underscores everything about him as an idealist and as a human. I would not be standing here if it weren't for two very important men in my life, so two that I haven't spoken with in a while. But I had the pleasure of just the other evening, Mr. Raleigh Farnsworth, who was my high school drama teacher, <laughs> who taught me that act well the part, there all the glory lies. And one of my classmates under Mr. Farnsworth, Mr. John Gilkerson. I mention their names because they are two of the finest gay Americans, two wonderful men that I had the good fortune to be associated with, to fall under their inspiration at such a young age. I wish my babies could have the same sort of teacher, the same sort of friends. And there lies my dilemma here tonight. 
I know that my work in this case is magnified by the fact that the streets of heaven are too crowded with angels. We know their names. They number a thousand for each one of the red ribbons that we wear here tonight. They finally rest in the warm embrace of the gracious creator of us all. A healing embrace that cools their fevers, that clears their skin, and allows their eyes to see the simple, self-evident, common-sense truth that is made manifest by the benevolent creator of us all and was written down on paper by wise men, tolerant men, in the city of Philadelphia 200 years ago. God bless you all. God have mercy on us all, and God bless America. Tom Hanks said that in 1993, at a time when millions of people were dying just simply because of who they were. Tom Hanks, true idealist. Tom Hanks, my hero. When we come back from our break, I'll do my last segment, sharing about my work, or actually about an experience that I had recently over the holidays. Thank you. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. Hello, fellow AM950 listeners. This is Jason from Nightingale at 26 in Lindale. Come experience our delicious signature dishes and exciting rotation of inventive seasonal fare for my wife and chef, Carrie, and her team. Nightingale is the perfect place to gather for any occasion with our extensive wine, beer, and cocktail selection, along with our dedication to great service. We offer a full menu every day from 4 to 1 a.m., two award-winning daily happy hours, and weekend brunch at 10. More at nightingalempls.com. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Winters here are bitter. It is vital to have plenty of insulation in our home. This is Matt with the Green Home Doctors. We specialize in making your home comfortable, healthy, and energy efficient. A typical home has air leakage equal to an open window. Lost energy is expensive, causes moisture problems, ice dams, and mold. Moreover, it's bad for the climate. With attractive rebates from Centerpoint and Excel, the time is right to save energy and money with the Green Home Doctors. To learn more about the savings, visit greenhomedr.com. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. And we're back on AM 950 with Ellie 2.0 Radio. I, 
you know, um, I hope uh, that you're you're good with the fact that I'm highlighting Hollywood personalities um, as idealists on this show. You know, and I will tell you, um, this is an imprecise science for sure. I mean, for the most part, all I'm doing is talking to air. I mean, I've got my wonderful producer, Brett, on the other side of the window. Um, thank God, uh, because Brett keeps all of this working. But apart from that, I can't I can't see your facial expressions. I can't tell whether you're bored. I can't tell you with whether I ooh, just got you or not. Um, and so all I can do is kind of go on hope. Um, and but. You know, when I when I saw Ellen DeGeneres is relatable uh, over the holiday break, um, I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't know this about Ellen. I mean, I'm not a TV watcher. I mean, I watch political TV, Rachel Maddow. Oh, yeah. But otherwise, I'm not a TV watcher. And, you know, and, and, and then Tom Hanks, of course, is always I mean, he hands down my favorite, I think, of all time. But here's the, here's the deal, okay? I want this show to be responsive to you, my listeners. I want to give you what you want. I mean, within reason, of course. And so um, if, if you like just these talking head shows, please email me and let me know because it takes a little bit of the anxiety away from it. So it's lejkrug at gmail.com. Let me know if you like these talking head shows. Um, and, and, of course, I'm trying to mix it up as much as possible with uh, shows where we have interviews. But um, but getting interviews is difficult. I'm on the road a great deal. I don't, I mean, I am an army of one. I don't have, like, somebody in the back room that can make phone calls and try and connect with people, although Brett does uh, as much as he can. Um, so if you know of somebody, as I said earlier in the show, that maybe you think is an idealist, maybe would make a good fit for the show, please email me and let me know who that person is. I'll reach out to them. Again, the email is lejkrug at gmail. So on this segment, this last segment, my what I call my C-block, I talk about my work or I talk about experiences that I have as an idealist, as somebody who is encountering the world as me trying to make the world a better place. And I know that many of you listening right now, that's important to you, that you make the world a better place as well. I don't have the market cornered on that, and it's not a competition. So, um, you know, I'm a trainer. So here's the story. I'm a trainer. I go all over North America. I talk about the need for greater compassion for others and greater compassion for ourselves. I speak to audiences in all sectors, from Fortune 100 companies to colleges and universities to churches to law firms to all kinds, and um, and I and what I say to those audiences about the need for greater compassion for others is something I believe to my core. It is part of my part of the fabric of my soul, and I don't mean to overstate that, but it is true. But the true test of anyone, really, the true test of anyone is whether you follow your own rules. Remember the old saying that the true test of character is what you do when no one's watching. There you go. So I got tested over the holidays. I did. Didn't expect it. That's part of the issue always because you never expect when you're going to get tested. Um, and here's the way it went down. So I... Um, I want it, I'm making a vow to try and get out of my condo more than what I'm doing because I'm doing a little bit of self-isolating. Um, some of that has to do with my sobriety. Um, but I'm trying to make more of an effort to get out. So the day after Christmas, uh, about 5 in the evening, after, late afternoon, I decided that I would go up to my uh, local bar restaurant. Not It's not even barely a block away from where I live in downtown Minneapolis. I decided that I would go up there and that I would write. Um, I have a piece that I'm working on. I'm soon going to be writing not only for Lavender Magazine, but also for Minnesota Women's Press. And I went up there to work on the piece, just to be around people, to have a non-alcoholic beer, just just to be around people. And first, when I sat there, when I there, the bar has high, to, high, ta, high tops, I, I sat down first 
facing the bar. And then I decided, you know, let's go look at the outside. So I, I actually flipped around on, this, on the table and started looking outside. And, and, well, just facing outside. I'm doing my work. I had been at the high top for, I don't know, 20 minutes, a half hour. And uh, I looked up to find to see a woman, an older woman, um, and a younger boy. She was holding, I think, the younger boy's hand. The older woman, I'd guess in her late 40s to early 50s, she was all bundled up in a coat and hat. She's carrying, a, she's holding a cane. The young boy, I guess 10 years old, all bundled up as well with a hat. And the woman was talking to me, but she appeared to be angry. She actually appeared to be yelling at me. But I, I, I could not hear anything that she was saying other than to see her facial expressions. And of course, I'm trying to react like, I, you know, are you talking to me? What What is this about? I couldn't hear. So she spoke to me for a few seconds, and then um, it was long enough to make me feel uncomfortable, I will tell you that. And then she stopped, and then she and the boy proceeded down the sidewalk. Now, this restaurant bar where I was at has a door on the end of the bar, end of the building, in the direction of where this woman was walking. And I needed to make a very quick decision about whether I was going to go and find out what she was talking about because I had no idea but I, I did I got up from my seat walked down to the edge of the bar opened the door to the bitter cold stuck my head out and I said um, were you talking to me you know what, what, what were you saying to me and at that point the woman said that she had been asking me for $66 that was the exact figure, $66. She'd been standing in front of that window asking me why I wouldn't give her, well, asking me if I would give her $66. And I was like taken back. I mean, of course, now the reaction that I have is I'm standing with the cold coming into the restaurant with the door open, me talking with this woman is, am I now getting panhandled and panhandled in a grand way? And and, 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 and again, I, I'm doing work out in America talking about compassion for others. And I, at that very moment, said, okay, I've got to hear more. So, and she said to me, I want to sit down and talk with you. That's not necessarily the thing you usually hear from a panhandler. So I, she came into the bar, um, and we went back to my table, and she shared with me a story that grabbed me. She told me that she'd been in the Twin Cities only for six weeks. Um, that she was originally from Milwaukee. That the boy that was with her, who I guessed, again, was 10 years old, was her grandson. And she went on to tell me that she left Milwaukee because her daughter had been murdered. And I'm assuming it was the daughter was the mother of this boy that she was with. And in fact, that the murder had happened in the apartment where this woman was sharing with her daughter and her grandson. She went on to tell me that she couldn't stay in the apartment any longer and in fact felt that she needed to leave Milwaukee. Um, she decided to come to Minneapolis. I asked her why. She said she had researched it and was told that the people were nice here. And she'd been in Minneapolis for several weeks trying to find help, trying to get into a shelter. And she told me that um, she had been accepted with to Tubman, which is a shelter for women and children, um, that she'd been accepted. But I was speaking to her on a Wednesday night. She wouldn't be able to get into Tubman until Friday. And that she had two nights that she still had to pay for at a hotel up in uh, Brooklyn Center. Um, apparently, I'm, I'm guessing it was some kind of subsidized uh, payment arrangement where she had to come up with something. <laughs> And um, she told me she was actually on her way to the bus, uh, deep bus stop to go and take the bus back up to Brooklyn Center. But she needed to come up with $66. And that's very specific about $66. Um, of course, as I'm hearing this, again, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Am I being panhandled in a grand way? You just don't know. But there were two things that got me past that fear that consideration. Um, 
The first is that I actually do believe in what I teach about human compassion. I have a training called gray area thinking, which has three elements to it. It's a tool set about being aware of human vulnerability, about taking risks to lessen or alleviate that vulnerability, about acting with compassion. The second thing, so that first thing got me past what my concerns about panhandling, and the second thing was the young boy. Even if I was being scammed, it didn't matter. Um, something of what I would give would certainly benefit that boy. And so I reached for my wallet, and um, I pulled out... Um, well, the other thing was is that she wasn't pushy. She was just clear that she had been walking downtown. She was not pushy. She was more explanatory. So I got my wallet out, and I ended up giving her... Um, significantly more than $66. I also gave her my business card and told her that if she ever needed anything from me, if she needed something else to contact me. She seemed appreciative, and then she and the boy left. I still wondered for a while whether I had been panhandled, but eventually I got good with it all. What are your takeaways here as I tell you this story? The biggest is that we have to recognize that life is unfair. It is not equal. The woman with her grand and her grandson, they were black. I am white. There are things that come to me simply because of my skin color and things that they don't get because of their skin color. It is not at all an equal playing field. The other takeaway is, is that you never know what it's like to walk in another's shoes. You don't. All right, well, that's where I will leave it. That is where I will leave it. So you've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, on Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. <clears throat> Email me at elliejkrug at gmail. I would love to hear from you. A big thanks to our sponsors, the Pride Institute, which is a drug and residential and outpatient recovery center, and Brending Electrolysis over in St. Paul. Tell Bev I said hi. She does fabulous work. A big thanks to my producer, Brett Johnson. Brett, I look forward to working with you in 2019. You are just my rock. And to you, my listeners, thank you so very much for tuning in on every Monday morning. I know that there are a lot of other things that you can do. I wish you good week and a good start to the new year. Take care. Bye.